0: So, uh, how's your weekend going? It
1: goes. Um, uh, it's been a very busy time. We're doing astronomy observations right now, so I'm on a nocturnal schedule. So, <laughs> it, 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 everything's a little thrown off.
0: So, what, what kind of goes into that?
1: So, um, my advisor is, like, taking data at the telescope in LA, and so I'm watching to learn how it's done. So, I've got to stay up with him all night while he's, like, using the telescopes and watch how he does it. Oh, nice. Because um, I've got my own time controlling that telescope in September. So I've got to be up from one thirty to 7 every single morning for, like, this week.
0: So, like, what kind of things, like, I mean, are you guys looking at through the telescope?
1: We're, we're looking at stars. So red giant, like, big stars. And we're try- he's trying to see um, what these stars, like, how heat moves through the stars. And I'm looking to see how stars lose gas. Um we're studying two different things with stars. So okay. but they're the same type of thing. Yeah.
0: What's like the craziest thing you've looked at through a telescope? Ooh.
1: I and, and I mean by crazy,
0: I probably mean shenanigans, so
1: <laughs> Personally <laughs> I haven't done a whole lot of shenanigans type stuff with telescopes. My personal telescope, I think the craziest thing I've ever seen is a solar eclipse. Okay. Uh, Maybe I I did see Mercury go across the face of the Sun once. That was pretty cool. But beyond that, normal stuff, and occasionally, like I've been looking, and like an airplane will go across whatever I'm looking at,
0: and that's always weird. (laughs) You're like, hey, this guy has got his seatbelt off. He's eating peanuts and everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, complain, captain is not paying attention.
0: (laughs) Right, just just the craziest stuff. You know, that kind of makes me think about when I was in chemistry class. I know chemistry and and uh telescopes are like two different things but like you know i don't know i i mean most of the time i paid attention in school right but there i bring up shenanigans because you know sometimes there are those times where you're like mm, i wonder you know and so you know in chemistry we we loved sticking skittles and pieces of chocolate things with like artificial coating like into yeah. the uh into so the, the burners, you know what I mean? The beakers are uh-huh. are on flame yeah. and we're like, we're like cooking things in class. And so, <laughs> you know, so it just, it just made me think like, man, if I had control of a telescope, like, I mean, I literally would be trying to like, like see like folks eating burgers and just, <laughs> just wild stuff, man, just wild stuff, mm. you
1: know? Yeah, when I first got it, I would point it at like mountains and stuff to see what I could see. But people tend to get mad at you when you do that. So <laughs> now I stick to it at night.
0: <laughs> right, right. You're like turning it on the person. You're like, man, you know, you got some mice in your hair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, what What else have you been up to this weekend?
1: Not a whole lot. It's been a fairly chill weekend. Um, yeah, it, what have you been up to? Um, sorry, I've been very boring. <laughs>
0: No, no, not at all, not at all. No, um, gosh, man, like, you know, so far today, I would say, you know, I got down on some some uh, rolled tacos, you know, uh, ooh, got those last night. Didn't quite make nice. it to my mouth, so uh, <laughs> you know, t- today it was like, let me just go ahead and uh, take care of that.
1: Nice, yeah, I yeah. I go very few days without having tacos or burritos from local spots down here in Socorro, so know the feeling. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Other than that, man, uh, honestly, I just went to run some errands. I went over to uh, Rude Boy Cookies and grabbed some... They're called... Uh, they're I guess they're chocolate chip toffee dukes. Apparently, they're like an oatmeal mm-hmm. cookie.
2: Ooh. And,
0: uh, yeah, and they're like just... It's like chocolate on chocolate with chocolate chips on it. Uh uh-huh. And, um... They look good. I mean, they were practically just cooling off from the oven oh. when I grabbed them.
1: Oh, that sounds great.
0: Yeah, so that's that's you know that's gonna be like a snack for later, and uh, you know, and then mm. besides that, like before before you hopped on, I've just been watching a little bit of the the Clippers Suns game because I am a Clippers fan, and uh, I'm hoping for an even an even series at yeah. the end of the night.
1: I am a Hawks fan, and so last night didn't okay. go very well for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know, the the Hawks, like, I was tripping out. The other day, like, I was looking at the, the betting line on, just, just out of curiosity, and, like, they had the Hawks at, like, and they were, like, an underdog, and it was, like, what, what was it? It was, like, it was, like, a plus three hundred and what was it like a plus 375 or something like that? And it was like, literally like, you know, you put down, you risk like $10 and you got like, Oh no, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I want to say it was like plus 375 and it was like, you put down 10 as your risk and you got like 37 out of it. And I was like, damn, that's like so crazy. Right.
1: Yeah. I I would think Atlanta sports, is not known for doing anything of value in the postseason. So, like, it's weird to say that the Hawks shouldn't be that big of underdogs because I'm used to them just collapsing at the last minute. But
0: well, this team doesn't seem to do that. Zero in the series. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they sort of are battlers. They, they can fight. So, I don't know. I'm used I mean, to sort of, they, they tend to sort of have those moments, especially like, well, I've watched the Falcons and Braves for years. They get up in the fourth quarter. Or the ninth inning, and you're like, okay, this is where it falls apart, and without fail, they do. And the Hawks just like, they make other teams fall apart, and it's strange.
0: Yeah, I mean, playing the Bucks. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I hadn't really watched much, m- much of the Bucks this year. I understand that they're maybe not like the team that they were last year a little bit, but mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the Falcons. I mean, sorry, the Falcons. The the Hawks were up like 1-0 one, one in the series when I saw that that line, and I was like. Cause I, you know, I was interested. I was like, okay, let me see, you know, like what, what everything looks like. I hadn't really looked at like any of the betting odds or anything like for about a year or so. And, and mm-hmm. I looked at the clip clipper sons and it was like saying like it was even, and I was like, okay, well I'm 10 for 10 is just not, not it. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, when you're trying to build like a small mountain of, of cash and so, or Bitcoin rather, I should say. And so it was like, it was like 10 for 37 and I was like, gosh, like, that's, that's a comfortable, small risk.
1: Yeah, that's one that I almost would put 10 down on. Like, I don't like betting on Atlanta sports at all because it's just about the dumbest sports city to bet on, but that's right. one that I almost want to do. <laughs> the,
0: the last one I ever saw like this was like, do you remember earlier on, uh, I think last year, when Bundesliga first came back, when they were putting the mm-hmm. artificial sound in the stadiums? Yeah. And it was, I want to say it was like, It was like Shock and it was like another team, but they were both like pretty much like they were both pretty much the the worst teams. Oh, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. It was Shock and it was another team that was like really good. And Shock was like literally it was like a it was like eight eight hundred. Like I was going for the win and it was like a plus eight hundred. And I was like, dude, really? Like and like I would have put ten on that had I saw it before the game started because I'm like, dude, eighty dollars.
1: For a team that at the time included Weston McKenney, like, that, right. that, 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 that's not a bad deal.
0: Yeah, I was like, dude, 10, a risk of 10 and 80 return, like, that is great.
1: Yeah. You can get good odds like that, especially in soccer. And it's almost worth it in the MLS to look at right. stuff like that. Because the betting makers, ha- the odds makers have no idea how to, like, set MLS lines. And MLS yeah, is such a chaotic league.
0: Well, and you know, you you just really can't ever kind of hope for an upset for like Bayern, like Munich, or like yeah, like Borussia Dortmund. For the most part, like they, mm. you know, you you just go ahead and I guess like just stack your cash there, like slowly, right? I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, you can <laughs> with
1: Dortmund. Dortmund has had a really bad defense for upwards of six months now, so yeah, I I, I don't trust them at any farther than their center backs can clear a ball. But, um, Bayern yeah. I mean, usually, yeah, they're a machine. Yeah.
0: It's, it's crazy. Like, you know, and, and kind of speaking to that, like, I just want, I'm just kind of curious, like on what your take was with, uh, with, so with, with the crowd noise, and I understand, like, obviously the stadiums didn't hear anything for a while. I thought the stadiums were hearing the crowd noise and I couldn't understand why, like, um, I couldn't understand why, like the the play in the stadium didn't like necessarily match like the crowd chanting until so someone was like, "Oh well, they can't actually hear that. Like that's just on mm-hmm. the broadcast." And I just yeah. thought, like, and think about that. Like that was a strange place in this COVIDian time that we were mm-hmm. basically listening to the the up, uproar or even like the the booing in stadiums, and it really didn't affect like the performance didn't match that but we went there like that was Mm. something that they tried
1: yeah and actually nbc had like crowd chant on like the tv and like no noise on peacock and stuff like that and so like you could get both if you wanted it and it was it was a strange place to be i personally didn't like the crowd noise that much i thought it was kind of distracting
0: what kind of things like if you think about it now like if you if you have control right like and you look at your daily life, like what things are you like going to like put like crowd clapping or cheering to and what things get booze? Like, I mean, to me, like long lines at Starbucks get booze. Like, you know what I mean? Like literally get booze.
1: Traffic is one that I'd really want, like crowd noise or at least a referee with yellow and red cards there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, seriously though, like to me, I'm thinking like long lines at Starbucks, I'm like, I'm trying to think like who's getting who's getting the crowd chanting, like, you know, am I calling defense on like on like the uh the person who's like reaching up for like the last can of of baking powder? <laughs> I mean, dude, like you go to the grocery stores literally, and it was like, I wanted to make some cookies or something, and then there's like mm. the last can, and I just wanna be like, Defense, <laughs> defense. Like, you know what I mean. So you could like basically uh-huh. cause this person to like, like they can't have that last can. You know.
1: uh uh-huh. I, I feel like crowds would be. I would use that to like pump me up when I was never getting near to like finishing an assignment work. Like, okay. like oh, I'm almost done with this task. I, I need the crowd noise to like pump up and like start chanting, like just sort of extra motivation.
0: Yeah, I feel like. I feel like if I looked at this last week and 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 indicated what things got that, I mean, going okay. So going to get cookies today, easily mm-hmm. like easily crowd crowd noise, like you know, like yeah. it was like I won I won the game. Um, last night watching obviously what we're gonna get into with like New Mexico and the switchbacks, like watching the momentum shift, like somewhere in the second half. Definitely mm-hmm. gets all kinds of boos. Like, even probably that clip from the movie where the dude's like, boo this man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, easily. Like, I want someone randomly standing up for that. And um, and I think, like, if there's anything else that... If I thought about anything that's getting, like, a red or yellow card um, this week... God, what is it? It's probably... It's probably going to be, like um okay so like i door dashed burger king right like essentially Mm -hmm. because i didn't feel like leaving my house Mm -hmm. that night fair (laughs) and i mean i i ordered two two not one but two of the 50 cents ice cream cups like it's essentially Uh just soft serve in a cup right and so yeah um i only i only got one and oh oh I, I only got i only got one and i was expecting mm. to because i like to freeze them for a little while and then like go back and mm. it's like the um, most amazing treat i called this guy like cuz you know you can contact him so i ca- i called yeah. him like ring 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 nothing called him back ring 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 and i thought dude this guy straight up stole my ice cream like i dude, I gave him like a $5 tip. Like, I mean, the bill was yeah. really like, just the bill was like $18. So it was like, yeah, you know, I mean, when it's all said and done and I thought, man, this guy's not going to answer my call right now for reals. So I call up Burger King and I'm like, yo, so I had two ice creams and this is like probably the smallest thing to be calling <laughs> Burger King about. Cause I mean, literally they're like 10 minutes away from my house and I, yeah. I could have probably driven there, but I didn't want to go. And I was like, yeah, you know, I I didn't get both my ice creams. And they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. really? And then you can hear him in the background like, oh, dude, the driver took off with one of his ice creams. And and I'm like, dude, what the hell? So, like, they're like, well, are you going to be coming sometime this week? I'm like, yeah, sure. They're like, oh, just give us your name. And I'm like, all right, cool. So now I've got this, like, ice cream cup credit at Burger King. You know what I mean? Like like literally they're going to like check some list with my name on it and give me like an extra ice cream cup whenever that is
1: I feel like that gets cheers and driver gets booze like for sure
0: that definitely gets a yellow i'm like bro it is like late at yeah. night and i tipped you well knowing that yeah. it was late at night
1: and you that's, still that's, yeah that's almost like an orange card where like you want to send him off but you're not quite sure you can like that that, that that's that's a, that's definitely not okay
0: That deserves a professional foul by Andrew Tanari. Like, literally, like, (laughs) like, just go ahead and trip the guy. Like, because that's, you know what I mean? like,
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Knock him to the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, hey, right when you get back to your car, like, he's right there at the door. (laughs) And you're like, "Ah," just foul him, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, so much of this. Striking while the iron's hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike Podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at seekandstrikecollective.com. let's kind of like, let's kind of switch gears. um, And and let me quickly kind of introduce you for the folks who've been listening to a little bit of our chat when they listen on the podcast and they'll be like, who is this other voice? This isn't Alicia. Who is it? And uh, Alicia is uh, resting up. She just, she was like really just busy with like school and work. And so, you know, she's taking a little time to kind of rejuvenate. She should be back on the pod in the coming episodes Uh, during this time, you know, uh, I've been kind of talking offline a little bit to, uh, to my guest co-host today. Um, you you uh, Seek & Strike listeners who also read the articles may have got a little bit of, of what he's about in his latest or newest uh, column called Red or Green. Uh, joining me on today's episode of Seek & Strike podcast is none other than Thomas Godden. Um, Thomas... Welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I'm doing great. I'm excited to get into this match, talk a little bit about some Mexico United soccer.
0: Right on. So we're going to definitely do that. So just off the bat, you know, something I've been doing a little bit is I've uh, been kind of, you know, challenging uh, the Twitterverse with uh, with word phrases based on the day of the week. So being that last night's match was on a Friday. We got the uh, the five words for Friday.
3: Okay.
0: So on the spot, I'm challenging you with five words for Friday. If you could sum it up any other way.
1: Oh, let's see. Five words. I'm going to go with um, uh, disappointing. Um, I want to go with uh, collapse. I want to go with can set pieces be one word? Because I I I, I want to yeah I'm gonna go with set pieces as a one word because that that's something that I really stuck out to me, um, and then I'm gonna go um, uh, sugs and finishing those that that they're very random five words but I think that that's the way I can sum up sum up the match best.
0: You know I was. I was driving to hollow spirits where I watched the match last night. And Mm -hmm. on my way, on my way there, there was this couple. Um, and they had this, like, it was almost like blue raspberry dyed hair. Right. Yeah. And, and I remember looking at them in the sunlight and I was like, I, what did I say? I said something on the lines of, I said, wild just like Blue Firebirds. And I feel like that's going to be my five words for Friday uh, because ultimately, I mean, the outcome of the match between New Mexico and Colorado switchbacks was that. It was just that, wild like Blue Firebirds. It was like, like, yeah. you know, it started off with New Mexico, you know, comfortably dominating the match. And then all of a sudden it, it switched gears to uh, the switchbacks just... Uh, Turning up and uh, and obviously stealing the match away and you know I thought it was funny on the broadcast that the uh, the announcer was like oh it's only the second time in history that the switchbacks have beat New Mexico and I just thought man are we are we at this place now like literally like in three years that we got folks setting records on us
1: yeah I mean that that's part of Growing as a young club, you see third, fourth year is when you, you know your first crop of players start to leave. You start to have some turnover, and you're seeing some some growing pains out of United right now, and it's really frustrating to watch because there's the talent is clearly there, but at times you just don't see it manifesting in the scoreline at all.
0: Yeah, let's get into that. Um, we're you know and one of the things I know that you wanted to touch on was like the finishing. The finishing like just mm-hmm. did not seem very up to par. I mean, what what were you kind of thinking about the finishing for New Mexico um, during during even the first half.
1: It, it needs to be it needs to be better. There were several chances that deserved a goal. I thought especially Amando Moreno had almost tap-ins in the second minute, uh, a couple of different times off set pieces in the first half. That if one of those chances goes in, a 2-0 lead is a lot harder to come back from than a 1-0 lead that you're holding on for dear life going into the second half on a rainy night. I I just thought that time and time again, I would see the ball fall to someone in the box and I would think, okay, one touch fire at the keeper, see what happens. And two or three touches later, it'd be scuffed over for a goal kick. And it's just frustrating to watch because clearly they were getting the ball in the dangerous spots, but the end product wasn't there. And there's, that's gotta be better going forward. Yeah. I
0: mean, definitely. I mean, you definitely saw the the fruits of like a long rest period right i mean like mm-hmm. literally it seemed like they had another fast start this match definitely to me resembled a lot of that uh match that they played against real monarchs where they were just so dangerous like mm-hmm. in the final third just getting so many chances and you know i kept thinking to myself like they don't even have cello in here this isn't even about like like yeah. set pieces coming in from the corners or you know, like, you know, birdie bombs away, drop balls like this isn't any of that. This is literally just like them getting in dangerous spaces and playing well together. Like, I think I remember I told you at some point, like in the match through our text, I said, I said fancy, just like fancy catch up because I felt like they were literally like all about the footwork and and there was some good synergy going on. Um, but like, I agree with you, like for as many chances as they had, like, it literally was like, like they just couldn't get it in. I mean, they had some really close ones. Amondo's, like you said, he was right there. mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you know, just the wrong. literally
1: if he gets a forward touch on the ball, there's no way it's not a goal. And it just goes off the side of his foot, which, you know, I get that happens, but at some level, if you're trying to get a call up to your national team, you've got to do better than that. And it just wasn't there last night. And I'm. Re- I think that the team is going to be glad that it expected goals are not easily available for that match because they significantly underperformed what I thought their expected goals were.
0: Yeah, you made a good point just right now. You said if they're like expecting to be like the call ups in their national teams, like they're still on watch. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, they got that email and it's like surprise, you're you're a winner. Like you know, like yeah, you, you got you got the call up. You know, you you got the sweepstakes, mm. but it's like. I wasn't expecting Brian Brown or Amanda Moreno to be there, uh, let alone when I sent you that picture um, of Brian Brown taping up his leg. And that man, like yeah. I was like, "What is this? Like, don't show me this picture!" Like, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, I know. And you know, the two of them looked pretty good against San Antonio FC. So I understand the decision to start them again, but I didn't think that either of them really played that well or sort of could find the match very well at all even when united looked really dangerous i thought a lot of that danger was coming from the midfield and from the wingbacks which has been a lot of where they've been creating danger the last few matches so the forward pairing definitely has to be better especially considering they're the ones who are actually getting the national team looks right now with brown and moreno being considered for teams that you know they've got world cup qualifying coming up they're gonna need depth and you don't get many chances against, you know, your US's and your Mexico's. You get one chance a game. It's got to go in. Yeah. That's a good point,
0: actually. Cause I mean, like we we're we're struggling a little bit in that, in that with the, uh, the attacking pieces and you know um, I was sitting there thinking when, when you were saying that about that, I was like, you know, I was like, when have we ever really had a good pairing up top? Like, okay. Maybe like when we had Santi, you know that was that was a nice look, you know. Mm-hmm. But but even teams like snuffed him out at some point because, I mean, they got used to it. Like Santi was a, a left channel kind of guy. He came up the wing, and mm-hmm. you know. But then he started going in central, and then they just doubled him. Like the center backs just kind of you know paired mm-hmm. up with like wh- whichever fullback was was nearest, you know. And mm-hmm. and that really kind of was that. Wehan Chris Weehan was also another one. I thought he was very lethal for us. Mm-hmm. Um, But, I mean, when you've got – we've got this pairing, we've got Brown and Moreno there, and, you know, Moreno is is already like a player that, like, he can't necessarily maybe generate his own, um, you know, offense. Like, he definitely plays well off of another player kind of feeding it in, as we saw earlier Mm -hmm. in the match when when Tanari just mishandled a a ball that could have potentially – Put Amondo in a dangerous spot, like he literally like mm. switched positions with him, like like uh, vertically, and yeah, you know, and and it's just like you you hope that this pairing is good, but at the same token, it's like like you said, like when Brown and Amondo Moreno are both gone, like like we're gonna be kind of struggling up top because I mean, when Ilya Illich did come in in the game, I just thought like this is supposed to be the Serbian sniper. This is supposed yeah. to be the player from Lou City that was lethal and you know and I mean I just I'm still seeing like okay like are is I'm hearing that everyone's match fit so like is that just the pace? Like do I just need to overlook the fact I think he's just going like about seventy five percent the speed or maybe that is the speed but it just we just seems like we're lacking something up top. And I don't know that we're going to be in a better position when those, if those two gents go, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I, I think that all four forward options have struggled throughout the year. Illich Sandoval, Brown and Moreno have all had their moments where they looked a little bit rough. I almost, what would you think about formation change and dropping Moreno a little deeper? Because as much as he doesn't generate his own offense, he seems to look pretty good when he's running it. Defenders. So, like putting him a little bit more in that half space, and letting him play with a, maybe a target man like Sandoval might be a little bit better than trying to run out, you know, very similar players in Illich and Sandoval, or trying the Brown Moreno combo.
0: So, do you? So, you're thinking instead of that three-five-two, where like Moreno sits underneath, you're thinking more like, um, are you thinking more like a, a four-two-three-one or like a four-four-two flat? Like, are you thinking that? I'm or? thinking
1: like a. 3-4-2-1, think like a Chelsea style. Like Thomas okay. Tuchel tends to play sort of a more defensive winger and a more offensive winger, both as attacking mids. So okay. Tanari so- could drop a little deeper or um, Cholo, and then Moreno would be free to sort of push up and be a second striker.
0: Okay, so kind of like similar to like what they were running last season. They were running a 3-4-3 mm. three, three for the most part. And, yeah. you know, and they were... And they were running that 3-4-3, three, three, and essentially they were sending up uh, one wing most of the time. Like, it was either Suggs or it was, like, Bruce, but it was kind of alternate. Like, they weren't sending them both, you know, they weren't mm. necessarily running, like, both wings up the channels. But they were certainly trying to pull, you know, defenses out of shape, like, working mm. that those wide corners, you know what I mean? So
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that they do well getting wide, so exploiting those wide channels a little bit more might be a little bit better. And allowing Moreno to drop. He, he tends to drop a little bit deeper naturally, I especially notice that against San Antonio where he was dropping almost all the way back to the midfield line to pick the ball up. Like just let him operate wherever he can find the game instead of sort of sticking him right on the back line.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, like they definitely got to explore different formations. I mean, the one thing about uh, head coach, Troy Lissane is like, you know, like what you pretty much see is what you get. Like, you know he was running that 352 in preseason and you know media asked him like hey so is it a 352 this year and he's like he's like we are running that but we're not opposed to running other things and i mean last season the 343 shifted into like 4231 at times and mm-hmm. and i feel like this this 3 this 352 probably shifts into like a 343 at times like you know when when mm-hmm. you see When you see one of the wings like go up to the top, like when Suggs likes to to play up, like you probably see that sort of shift, you know what I mean? Mm. And but I think yeah, they definitely gotta try different different um formulas and different uh formations because I mean these teams are gonna figure that out, right? I mean, they're playing each other Mm. four times and
1: yeah, it isn't
0: it isn't like as much as even uh Troy will say that teams aren't gonna change what they're doing, like, I mean, they're also saying the same thing, right, about New Mexico. They're like, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, I mean, they're, they're not going to do too much. They're going to stay the same. And, and and perhaps that's, like, what what we saw, you know. I mean, that, that doesn't yeah. help New Mexico going into, like, two straight games here in this week coming up, you know.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, and you already saw Austin make great adjustments after just one time playing New Mexico. I think switchbacks did a pretty good job as well, done the second time through adjusting to the game plan. And
2: mm-hmm. they
1: got to throw some wrinkles in there because otherwise teams will figure out that system. And right now I think it's just a little too easy to shut down.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, wrink- speaking of wrinkles, haha Uh let's 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 talk about the several cameo appearances of head coach Brendan Burke. I swear he was like the, the boat of contention last night, like every single time he was a mood
1: yeah, he he definitely had a bone to pick with those officials all game long, and it was really funny to watch because he was not happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I like I told you, I said, man, let's let's imagine what this guy is is saying, and of course, I I went straight to the food isms. I was like, oh man, he's like, I want cake. Puts his <laughs> hands up. He, look, he was wearing this Capelli jacket. Like I was like, this guy is flexing. He is flexing this Capelli jacket. <laughs> It's like there's probably some sprinkles out there. I mean, at that point, he's probably like, stop the game, ref. Don't you feel it? Don't you, I'm wearing a jacket for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's
1: like, why did they send me to Coach Colorado? I could be down with Miami FC right now. <laughs>
0: Seriously, dude, this guy has been nothing but like an attention grabber through two matches. Like he like that is what is buzzing online like you see folks all wanting memes of this guy so obviously we're not crazy like we saw the same thing that mm. new mexico united nations saw it was seriously like this guy every time he was on the camera like couldn't do anything more positive he was like oh my god what's going on don't you see that that was a foul like i i want them rep. i want them mic'd up dude like i literally mm. want them mic'd up because i i would i would enjoy like listening to some of this stuff and he was just going crazy you see pictures mm. of Troy, or you see, like when they pan over the Troy, Troy is like mm. super calm. You know what I mean? Troy yeah. is super calm. And, and and I think the only time that I saw Troy different is I think they showed they, they appeared to him where he's like just super drenched, like the whole front mm. of his shirt is wet, his tie is like a little furled. And I'm thinking, this guy runs in these things. Like he runs in these shirts and suits. You saw him, he full sprint. From the yeah. from the technical area to the locker room, you know. Yeah, I'm mm. like I would. It probably dried. He probably ran to the
1: locker room this time too. He he's just that kind of guy. It it's he's just cool, calm, and collected, and always seems to be in control. And that's it, it's kind of cool to see. That's what you want in a coach.
0: I mean, like, do you enjoy like hearing some of the the? the crowd mic or like, what is like, I think the technical area, like, do you enjoy like hearing like the coaches, like kind of like pipe up? Cause it's like, sometimes you oh, don't get that. to hear that.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I think it's great. I, during the sort of COVID break when we were hearing all the sounds in Europe, it was kind of cool to hear the players calling to each other and the coaches coaching. And then hear the various curses being shouted in various different languages as things didn't yeah. go according to plan. Um, I, I, like, I would love to see um, more of that. I felt like I felt like
0: we got an interesting look into New Mexico United uh, during last season because um, you would hear Troy like he was like the literally the twelfth man, if you will, mm-hmm. just shouting like telling them like where to be. Like there were even you could even hear times when like, Troy was like just get fucking home. Like he was like <laughs> telling them like look, I'm telling you to move your ass over here, and they were like. Yeah. They were just weren't getting it. It was like one of those things where it's like, okay, okay, dude, like we hear you, but we're still doing this. And I mean, like it comes with the game. Like I, I personally enjoy it because I think, like you said, he is calm and cool and collected. But there are like obvious times when he's like, yo, y'all got to listen because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get all riled up in my nicely blue suits. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. and I mean, so. You know, I definitely did did miss that. Like it definitely now it's embedded in my mind that I know that like, you know, he's he's definitely got his cadence. He's definitely letting them know. They play mm-hmm. well. They play well when he does that. And mm-hmm. the times that he hasn't been on the touchline, uh, you know, due to either like when his when his child was being born or like being suspended, like, you know, mm-hmm. like they play differently. Like their discipline is different. I mean, for the most part, mm-hmm. I think like assistant coach um Zach Prince does like a good job to kind of, you know, pipe out orders to them, but like, they just kind of are a certain way. I think when Troy is there versus when he's not there, like you kind of see their performance kind of, it it peaks, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I agree. Now, speaking of like on field mics, I don't know how much MLS you watch, but MLS has started a thing, especially on Fox where they interview each manager around the 30 minute mark of the half. What would you think of that? Like, as the game is going on, like, hearing from each manager like mic'd up while the game is going on. In, like interview would, style.
0: I think I think that would be interesting. Like I think that would be cool to hear. Um I think that you would you would capture so much frustrations like, you know, and I mean I I would be interested like I'd be interested to hear like what it would look like for Troy. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think I think that you could count on when New Mexico's playing well you can just count on him just just complimenting, you know, and and just letting them know mm-hmm. like, yo, you guys are doing good and whatnot, and and I think that um, he would definitely be very dodgy about who's playing better or who's not because you know, like, because mm-hmm. like for the most part, we can't ever really get Troy to tell us like who plays better or who's his favorite son, if you will. Like he just <laughs> he won't he won't give it to us, right? But. Yeah. I mean, but but you kind of know, you know, you kind of know and but it would be interesting to definitely hear them mic'd up and you know, cuz you always you always sometimes get lucky and you get different interviews like if you think about different teams like uh, Phoenix Rising like you can if you follow uh, Owen Owen um, Evans on Twitter like he typically will get, get in there and, and interview Rick Shantz and he'll ask like very like uh, very testy questions like he'll ask the questions you know what i mean the mm, ones that yeah that no one else will ask he'll ask them and then he'll get them on, like, on a really hot mic and i'm like man i cannot believe you're asking these questions but i'm listening like you know like hard like i'm listening hard on these questions and yeah. uh, other but other than that like i mean yeah it would be interesting i mean like give brendan burke the mic like seriously like that dude was like he was about It'll it, be- dude. I,
1: yeah, I, I mean, it would be really entertaining just to hear him shouting like when he's supposed to be answering interview questions at the referees. I, I would, I would be down to hear what that sounded like. Yeah, yeah,
0: seriously. So I mean, you know, the the best thing you get when you're at an away match is exactly that. Especially like if you, if you could ever be like, like somewhat within the earshot of like the technical areas. It's obviously hard because of how they have the stadium set mm-hmm. up, but it's 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 literally worthwhile to like. To like really just tune in on that stuff um mm. so then like let's like what's movie you were, you were saying something about like how you thought like new mexico looked good on set pieces and was that like before cello came in or after
1: that was before that was from the very opening whistle i something i've actually criticized them quite a bit about this year is the lack of movement and the lack of danger created from set pieces but i didn't see that last night instead they every single time they got a corner or a free kick, they looked dangerous. Then the ball ended up in a good spot and with a chance to score, which is a welcome sign a welcome change from United that I think adds a completely new dimension to their game. Do you think it's because they play so direct a lot of the times?
0: Like they they literally like what what they make me think of is like I mean, I'm gonna switch to another sport for a minute, but like it makes me think of like it's like an inbounding pass like in basketball. And like mm-hmm. dudes aren't dudes aren't trying to, you know, like run in the back, like underneath in the paint, trying to like somehow come out up top of the key and and get the opening. They're just kind of standing around and I'm like, like, mm-hmm. dude, you know, you, you gotta move. Like the fact yeah. that sometimes they play so direct on the pitch, I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no sort of creativity that's happening right now. Like you guys need to scramble around. Like we need to be able to get the ball in, you know, not throw it in and it gets kicked out right away you know
1: Mm. i I feel a little bit like alexi lawless sort of hyping up the importance of set pieces here but it's really important especially for a team like united who sees so many like buses parked in front of goals to be able to create chances from dead ball opportunities because you get the numbers forward you have big guys like Yearwood who can get their head on the ball it's a perfect opportunity to sort of open games up and allow teams force teams to play a little bit more direct at you. And rarely do we see anyone making those off-ball runs to draw defenders or like any any type of really complicated movement on set pieces. But I thought they looked a lot better at that last night, which is good. I I think that that's important.
0: Well, speaking of that, okay, so let's talk about the the obvious, right? So corner, we have set piece corner. Tanari's taking it, right? But he he obviously sends it in. You got Juan Pablo Guzman, who, like, executes, like, the perfect dummy. Like, literally, like, runs over the ball. Like, he's like, it's like mom is like, pick up that trash. And he's like, what trash? Like, completely just runs over the ball and sucks out of nowhere. Comes up Ooh. and just bam, like, just like Rockets mm-hmm. one into the net. It was, it was legit. Like it was perfect. Like if you asked me last week or even the week before, if I thought subs was the one hitting the first strike for New Mexico, I would say, I don't think it's going to be him. I think he could be involved, but mm-hmm. he has been like brilliant both weeks. And I mean, that goal was beautiful. What'd you think of it?
1: It was gorgeous. I, everything about that set piece was executed to perfection. Like any time you get a free runner at the top of the box like that, you're you're in a good spot. And I almost wonder if that wasn't a designed play. I, it was one of their first corners of the match, so I'm almost wondering if they sort of had a plan to get Suggs free at the top of the box for a shot because that's the only way I can think of it was drawn up that well.
0: Right, right. I mean, well, you mean look at look at who the players involved, right? I mean, you didn't see Amanda Moreno. It wasn't Brown. Like I mean, because obviously, mm-hmm. like. You know, they're heavily covered, right? So the fact that they weren't the people at the top that mm. that kept certain players at the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. You know, sitting sitting in the box. So I mean to have Guzman go up and they're like, Oh, well, you know, Juan Pablo Guzman's obviously a good passer. If he gets the mm-hmm. ball, who's who is he passing it to? So yeah. I mean so to have to have subs just like booted in, I mean that that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know what I
1: mean? And well, and, and you I, don't track yeah. a lot of runners coming from that deep in the midfield on a corner kick. Usually right. you're marking the players in and around the box. You're trying to prevent them from getting a free header. You're not really thinking about anyone running in behind like that. So the trailing runner idea, especially with a passer like Guzman, who's got a good cross, it, it, it created chaos and allowed them to take advantage of it. And you, more of that would be nice. I, I like. I really like the way that was designed.
0: Do you think that United could pull it off uh, going into like the match against... Real Monarchs. Do you think that the teams will take note of that now at this point, or do you think that he could still maybe pull off a freeb somewhere?
1: I, I think that you could get away with it once or twice more. I, I do think that that's one that shows up on tape as a very obvious watch for this setup as, you know, something that you need to focus on on set piece defense. But set piece defense is really hard. It's really easy to catch a team falling asleep. I mean, I don't know if you watched the CONCACAF Nations League final, but Mexico fell asleep four times in that match on set pieces, and the U.S. fell asleep once. If those teams are falling asleep, like, USL teams can get caught flat-footed. And so I think that if you had that, like, maybe once every two matches that you pulled it out, you could possibly score maybe three or four goals this year on that same play.
0: Well, and I mean, like, switchbacks definitely were running that same, like, zonal marking, like, Against like set pieces, because mm-hmm. I mean, you saw several instances where there's like five, like four or five switchbacks players paced, like, or spread, like, kind of evenly, like, on the 18. Mm-hmm. There's like no one near them, no New Mexico United players were near them. They were all on the backside. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, y'all, like, realize that there's someone obviously on the backside that's just hoping for a little momentum. I mean, dude's not even anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you know I, what I
1: mean? I, yeah. I, I think that that was the same. Exact zonal marking that allowed the chances off the free kick in the second minute, because they they were able to exploit a very similar setup and get you know a couple balls pinging around the box. And if you're not man marking, someone like Moreno can just pop up in a random spot and have a tap in. He he converts it. Then I think we have a very different conversation about the game. Right, Uh, first half
0: definitely obviously belonged to United. I mean they looked. Again, so dominant. I mean, I thought that, you know, I was like, okay, look, good good job, boys. Like, this could definitely, you know, obviously work out really well, you know, going into that, that second half. Um, I got the chance to go up to uh, Colorado for the first match, you know. And some of the things that, like, I will say is, like, the pitch definitely plays fast. I mean, they're definitely using mm-hmm. that that. Coconut and corkwood or whatever they call it, it's like a, it is literally like it's got more bounce than the ounce, dude. It's is ridiculous. Jeez. Haji Berry is exceptionally fast on it. Uh, Mitchy Ingelina, also Batista, mm-hmm. like like they're dangerous, and you know oh, yeah. it's like when you're when you're watching on TV, like they like definitely even faster in person, um, you know. And so it was crazy. Uh, I know uh, we were we were obviously texting back and forth a little bit. One thing you were kind of saying was like, "Man, this back line is struggling." And uh, you know, uh-huh. I mean, we're in that we're in that back three. Like, I mean, is that back three still the best back three we have? Do you feel like we need more of the Tete, or is it time for them to kind of like maybe think about other personnel? I mean, what what was your thought? Like, how would you have fixed that last night?
1: I honestly don't know. I I've been used to four or five great defensive performances in a row from United, and so all of a sudden, for them to be losing men and just completely falling asleep out of nowhere, it was kind of shocking. I, I almost can't blame Sam Hamilton for a lot of the goals that were scored. I really thought that Kalen Ryden and Austin Yearwood had much worse halves than him in that second half, and uh, at least two of the goals yearwood was partially if not mostly at fault so yeah I, yeah I i don't know i i don't know if you have any other thoughts but i i i think that we tend to think of yearwood and ryden as our best defenders and last night in the second half they weren't
0: well you know what it is like so when i was at the first time and i and i think this kind of still plays through to this match is literally like they're like Haji Berry is, like, literally faster than all those guys. Like, Haji Berry and Batista, like, they... Like, the first match, if you remember, like, they were always on the front foot. I mean, a lot of the times, the passes that New Mexico kicked backwards, like, they build from the back, were, like, these balls that, like, didn't Mm. roll as fast. Like, they were kind Mm. of hung out there. There was we saw it. There were so many chances that Colorado had the first time around. They probably felt like they won that game because they literally got feet on those balls and went on. And, and last Mm. night, I mean, I think what you saw, or at least what I saw was like Hamilton played up high and Mm. they, they gave them so much like pasture that when, when, uh, when switchbacks were on attack, Hamilton was like, Oh shit, I got to run. And like, He just was not able to really catch up, or in places, and there was, and there. The other thing too is they were so shifted. If you saw that, like they were shifted to like the far side of the pitch, so that Mm -hmm. when the goal was scored, that Hamilton or not Hamilton, that Yearwood couldn't track back on. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was essentially like everyone was shifted so far right on the pitch, but yet the attack was coming in like so far on the right going towards the goal, right? So, like, you know, so on the left, so, like, heading towards them, it was, like, it was, like, the perfect cheese grater. It was, like, it was, like, Yearwood was so central, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And then the goal scorer was coming, like, so, like, so far, like, wide on the right channel. And, Mm -hmm. And Yearwood just couldn't, he couldn't make up the distance. And that, we've seen that several times. He did that the first time that they played the switchbacks. Like, you know, like, I thought, okay, like, Yearwood, like, you need to keep track of these mm-hmm. players because they're really just waiting for you to like lose track of where they're at. And they're just going to burn that line.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that if you're seeing that consistently as a struggle, I thought that Schwartz needed to drop back a little bit deeper on that specific play on the first goal. I thought that if you're going to rotate that much, your wingbacks need to actually play defense or your defensive midfield, you have two defensive midfielders as well. They need to drop into those channels that are being vacated by center backs. I don't care which one of those happens, but one of those two has to happen. And I didn't see that. I actually well, have more than one bone to pick with the wingbacks too, because
2: let's
0: hear it.
1: And the second goal specifically, no one stepped up to the ball. And I saw that a couple times in the second half where switchbacks would get the ball around midfield and their midfielders and outside backs would be just left completely alone to pick out a pass. And, Barry is a dangerous player. If you give him room to run and you hit him with a ball, he's going to make you pay. Someone's got to be pressing the ball. Otherwise, it's it's going to be bad. And we saw them punished on the second goal specifically because of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, they... How do you frame it? It's like going into this match, they knew, they knew what they were up against. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and the presser, um, which, you know, will uh we'll have some of the audio played into this pod um on the post-production but like in the presser like troy basically like addresses like the fact that they're they're dangerous you know the Barry, you know can obviously take off like they feel like they like he felt like they were going to address that you know heading into Mm. heading into this match
3: yeah certainly um looking at his form, looking at his movement in the box, looking at the different ways that he's finished. He's had some penalties, he's had some, you know, uh, pullback balls that he's finished really well. So we're we're well aware of it. I think our back three and our our back five as a unit as well with our two center midfielders in front have, have done a really good job against a lot of different opponents to be able to rack up three clean sheets in a row. So it's um, one, of, one of the best attacks in the USL right now, and the really potent attack in Colorado Springs. We, we respect what they do, and I think one of the best defenses right now in the USL and our side. So we, we have to be aware of Haji. We have to be aware of a number of their other players as well, and uh, you know, I, I hope we'll be prepared to, to do so on the road tomorrow night. We always want to look at the opponent and look at what the opponent does well and try to take that away. And then the, the flip side of it is, is we also want to figure out how we can take advantage of things that we're really strong at. So definitely looking at that this weekend versus Colorado Springs in a couple different areas. And now we gotta go and execute against a, a really high quality opponent.
0: You know, I mean to to hear that and then to see how things played out, it was like we still couldn't figure out really like how to address like those players. And I mean if you have a team that's got real that's got pace like I'm like, do you think about like a four back? Like, do you ever like? I mean, Troy, Troy, like I said, he is very like stuck on his game. So like, if they're going in with a three five two and they're going to shift to a three four three, like you know, like he is reluctant to go. Oh, I probably need to to do a four back. Like you know, mm-hmm. unless we're just getting punished, punished. you know what I'm saying? So I mean, yeah. with the way the goals, I mean, with the
1: you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with the way the goals were scored, you would almost think that a back four might be better, but that's got to rely on, A, your outside back staying home, at least a little bit more than they do, and B, a really solid defensive midfielder. And I don't know if United has the pieces to make that work, because it's just going to get worse if you have two center backs there, and all of a sudden the ball turns over and you're – Outside backs are high up the field. The center defensive mid is not dropping in to help cover it, it. It can get shredded fast. So, I'm not sure if a back four is the way to go or if just a more athletic back three is the way to go. Right. I, I don't know. That it, it could be personnel more than it could be formation.
0: Yeah. And I was just looking at like where the subs came in too, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. Looking at where these goals were scored, okay, we got the, the we got the first score like in the 19th minute, but then Switchbacks basically scored like the 59th minute, the 69th minute, and then obviously the 82nd minute, like mm-hmm. just just put put it out of reach, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. lo- like really looking at um, the subs. Uh, what was I trying to like looking at the subs? Okay, so like Switchbacks only use three subs for us. We subbed in uh cello at the forty sixth minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we su- we subbed in Illich and Sandoval together at the sixty-third minute. So at this point, it's what, like uh it's it's still it's one nil or sorry, one one. It's it's drawn even by the time we bring in uh Illich and Sandoval. You know, you could maybe yeah. argue if if that was too soon. Like, you know, could mm-hmm. could Brown and Moreno have maybe played a longer segment like could, or could they not have both been subbed off at the same moment? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, I was questioning that happened because I had actually wanted to see Sandoval come on for Brown, but I wanted to see Moreno stay on the field. Um, right. I, I wonder just looking at the timing of the substitutes, if Sergio Rivas coming in instead of Illich in the 63rd might've been a better choice.
0: Right, yeah, because he comes in at the 70th, 70th minute. We're like at this point down 2, two 1. Mm-hmm. So, like, he comes in, right? And it's like, okay, like, this could be good. I mean, the first match, like, most people don't know this, but is that, like, uh, Troy was saying that Rebus didn't have a good game in the first match. They said, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he got a pretty awesome goal, but, like, he just, his head wasn't in the game, right? So he, yeah you know, so that, so you had that, but he comes in in the 70th minute. Um, we're down 2 one, and then, of course, you know, then they bring in Bruce, and then you—if you think about the way the game was played—I mean, we needed something. Um, you know, mm. the 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 way the game was being played had gradually changed. I mean, once Illich yeah. and Sandoval come in, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how much offense Illich is going to be able to stir it by himself. Yes, he's a big body at the in the in the in the final third, and we we've seen him get close in some instances, but I mean, you know, if he's not doing it and then you got Devin and Devin is obviously another big body looking for those, those Mm -hmm. trash goals to to put in. Like we just were lacking some things up top, you know? And, and, and I started to wonder, like, I started to wonder like, okay, well maybe cello is just going to start taking some dangerous set pieces. Maybe this is going to be like what, like the, the Monarchs game was, but, this group that we had in, in the final, the final part of the match, it was like, okay, like, you know, we were lacking some creativity. I wondered like, you know, okay, like, is this, are we going to be able to do much with, with that setup?
1: Yeah. I, I almost wonder what Justin Schmidt would brought to, to that game. Um, just as an extra, I think he's a better passer from the back three than the center backs they had out there. Um, right. Maybe him for Yearwood early on might have sort of added a different look, um, allowed them to sort of maintain possession a little bit better than they did in the last 30 minutes of the game. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with the, you know, the attack. How, how to manage that 30 minutes? Because I don't think it was quite the subs were timed right that the tactics were there. I, but I'm not quite sure. There are a couple different ways I could have seen it gone, going, and none of them were what played out.
0: It was like a brand new game, pretty much at mm-hmm. sixty. I was like, Oh, you know, by the time it was it was one one, I was like, All right, brand new game. Mike lead has gone and you know, and now we gotta figure things out. And and, and looking back at this 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 roster though for, for a minute, like I mean we only brought one center back on yeah. the road. And and you know how it would've went. Schmidt would've gone in, he would have gone in, he'd play the back line, yearwood more likely would have shifted up into the midfield and been more of a player there. And that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of what we've seen as we've seen here would just kind of step up and be more mm-hmm. of like that piece, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, looking at what we brought, we, I mean, that that's it. Like, you know, like we really don't have, we have, we have some depth. but I mean, like that was the choice you had basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't quite understand the logic of it. I think that, probably could have changed things up, especially like not having even Teta on the bench is a little strange given how well he played against San Antonio. So, right. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I definitely have questions after that match about the mat, how it was managed essentially.
0: Right. Well, then, I mean, just some, some stats we saw, I mean, overall, New Mexico, 12 shots, eight chances created, uh, three big chances. Uh, accurate passes, 239. Uh, pass success, 69%. Some of these numbers are obviously very low compared to what United does. United passes a whole lot more. They're typically always passing somewhere in like the the, the 400 range, if you will. And this was like half of that. So it was like, you know, what, what kept this number low for them? Uh, was it more shots versus like more passes. I mean, cause the shot count literally is about what they average. Like they literally only mm-hmm. take 12 shots. Um, we know this from the past that the Troy is really about a high efficiency. So he would rather them take 12 shots than 24. Right. And only have mm-hmm. a small conversion rate. But if you're only taking meaningful shots and a team has figured out how to obviously, you know, keep your pass count down that means that Colorado was definitely in a a press most of the time right so yeah I mean how do you get the passes back up because obviously more rotation is needed especially with the team that's like got a lot of pace
1: yeah yeah I I don't know I mean you you've got to do something to get the passes up I I wonder if the rain and the pitch sort of quality played anything into that just sort of not being as accurate with the ball, finding it harder to maintain possession, trying a little bit do do a little bit more dribbling than they normally do. Um, I, I thought the midfield specifically held possession and controlled the match a lot better than they have in recent matches. Um, so it obviously wasn't the midfield. I feel like it was the back line specifically that struggled in possession.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could I could definitely see that, and I was just looking back at this number, so. 347 passes but accurate passes 239 so i mean that's a bit concerning to me still uh Mm. because i mean a lot of what we see is is you passed it but you gave it away like turn turn you know turnovers just be thriving sometimes um Looking a little bit further down, I'm on FAP Mob, obviously, and looking at like duels won, so 64 won, you know, of 108, so like a pretty chief percentage, you know, that was obvious a uh, complimentary number for for United.
3: Um, a lot of
1: that came in the first 60 minutes, though. I think that there's a caveat yeah. to be had there, where in the first half. I think I literally texted you like the midfield was just locking the game down. Like they, yeah. they were winning everything and every single ball and that didn't happen as the game wore on.
0: Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, we saw that like just completely different, like schematic going on in this match. Um, what, when you were, when you saw things change, when you saw it pretty much, when you saw all the momentum go to the switchbacks and it just became evident that like Haji Berry, like just unleashed. I mean, what, what were your thoughts? Like the, did, did you, what were your thoughts at, at goal two versus goal three?
1: Goal two, I uh, was sort of a well shit type moment. Like, well now we're kind of in a bad spot. Um, I recognized that they immediately went in to try and press and equalize. And I actually don't blame them a lot for goal three because that goal was a completely, you know, everyone is forward. Um, they just capitalized on a very open game at that point and put one through. I, I think maybe Tim Backus could have done a little bit better, but beyond yeah. that, Yearwood was almost on the touchline at that point. Like they were clearly pressing for a goal and it bit them.
0: I mean, Tim so, Backus continues to look good. I mean, you yeah, know, a lot he, of, he, did. Lot he of, had
1: some really great reaction saves, I thought.
0: Yeah, I mean, we when, when I think back to the the goals that were scored and how they were scored, it was like it was like this goal somehow slid by him. Like he probably thought he had good positioning as far mm-hmm. back that he was on the far post, but it still mm-hmm. just kind of went in, right? And then and then mm-hmm. the other one that I'm thinking about, I mean, literally just kind of went under his legs. Like you know what I mean? Like he he pr- yeah, it was a matter of like, hey, like maybe this is where you dive, but I mean mm-hmm. you know what, what can you do as a daisy cutter and it was just it was there yeah. it was
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and and it and then Haji Barry's brace I was just like all right <laughs> like yeah. that's game that's game yeah
1: <laughs> at, at that point when when that third goal came I was just like I mean it's been coming I Barry has been so dangerous over the last 10 minutes clearly we were putting throwing everything we had at trying to equalize so, mm-hmm. it goes the other way. Sometimes that happens to you. That that's just soccer.
0: Yeah, I mean, did Barry ever? He did Barry ever sub out?
1: No, I don't think he did. If he did, it came like the ninetieth minute.
0: Yeah, like I don't. I I'm on top of myself. Yeah, I don't think. No, he, he didn't ever did. sub
1: out. He played the full game.
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, so talking about that though, it's like okay you have to look at those things. Like this guy's playing, he's match fit 90. He's playing the whole game. Like
2: Mm -hmm.
0: we don't, we don't have players like that. So for all this year, I mean, like we're rotating players out. We're like, Oh, 60th minute. You know, there's Mm -hmm. probably a movement change. Like you, you literally can go back to any matches and look and, and, and Troy's substitution periods are literally like 60, 65, like 70, 75 Mm -hmm. and like 80, 85. And you know what I mean? And in any instance that we're up, it's like, okay, cool. That's good. Those periods are good. But then, when we're down or we're like, you know, we're not really stirring any attack. It's like, okay, like I'm really interested to see like who's coming in. Cause we're using all five subs. They only use three. And it was like,
2: mm.
0: when you have Bruce is like your last sub, I'm literally thinking like, is there anyone else back there in the locker room? Like, you know, like, like <laughs> it's like watching like WWE and going, okay, like who else is back? There? Who else is back? Yeah. There? Can, you know, like, like this, this mm. is it. Like, you know, and, uh, and I don't know, like, Maybe maybe Troy thought with the pace that switchbacks have that, that uh Schmidt was not gonna be able to obviously like offer like a pace option, right? Because mm-hmm. he would be back there and he'd be the last man. So maybe that was like they were like, mm, I don't know yeah. if we can really do that, you know, and kind of hem mm-hmm. this guy up that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I that yeah, could have backfired on them dramatically. So I, I don't know. If that's what he's thinking, I, I do think that the subs being sort of scripted like that—I've never agreed with managers who do that. I, I think that it doesn't leave you enough room to react to the game and sort right. of flow through freely. I do will say that he did react just about how I—I I thought Troy reacted just how I thought he would to Tanari's wild first half, and I was oh yes, yeah. so
0: let's let's talk about this like. I commented to you I said I love Andrew Tanari's housery because honestly like that's what I'm chalking it up to like this guy is so good about causing the tempo of a match to go a certain way like he's mm. he is good about it last season he was really good about getting in the in, in someone's face or he'll just put the ball down and kick it out of bounds or just anything mm. he can do to like try to piss off the other team and he certainly was very active in this match. I think Brendan Burke felt like he should have had a card a lot sooner than when he eventually did get one. Um, I guess mm-hmm. what, what do you think about, like, Tanari's uh, antics? Do you love it? Do you, do you you know, do we need to see more of it from other players? I mean, what's, what's your vibe on that?
1: I like it. I, I like players who are willing to go out there and just sort of disrupt a match. I think it's a really underrated part of having a good soccer team is having a player or two who are willing to just be disruptors like that. I think that he went a little overboard last night um, because he was booked for persistent infringement in the 20th minute, which is really early to get a persistent infringement red or yellow card. So I, I think that the fouls were a little bit too frequent, but being able to sort of disrupt a team and sort of do that shit housing is so important to keeping a team from finding their rhythm and allowing themselves to settle into a game. So I would like to see more players get involved in helping out with that. But at the same time, you got to know your limits.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Tanari is, what, the quintessential of an enforcer in hockey?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: He's essentially
0: like hey, bro, let's drop the gloves, like, right now. Like, literally, like, we're mm. we're we're going at it. And I honestly would love to be in his ear or on his shoulder for some of these things that he's doing, because, like,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know he's like, yeah, I obviously fouled you right now. <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, like,
0: You know, dudes, probably, I, he's probably... Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. And, you know, I've, I've started watching more and more matches throughout the CONCACAF region, and you see t- every team has a player like that. And those that don't suffer when they play against teams who do. And it's just it makes the game fun. It's the reason why this region is just so much so entertaining and so much fun to watch is because players like that make a game just they they make the game better. So I mean
0: other otherwise yeah. New Mexico is like very classy and then there's just like that one player that you can count on. You're like, oh man, you know it's coming and Mm. And, and, I, and I'm just thinking about, like, when we play against, like, choice old club, like, Charleston Battery. Like, you know, that's going to be one of these, like, special nights. He's, like, head coaching against a club that he was an assistant coach at. And then you got Tanari mm-hmm. who comes in and completely just just says, ah, like, he's, like, the guy with, like, the leather jacket on. Like, the dude from, uh, what is it, uh, Breakfast Club, right?
2: Mm-hmm. that'd be
0: Tanari rolls in, you know, and he's just like, just, just stealing, stealing the thunder. He's like, comes in, he's like, yeah, I kicked the ball out of bounds. Like just completely, just completely makes it a memorable night for all the wrong reasons.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, but you know, those Eastern conference teams specifically, they're not used to players like that. I've watched my share of Eastern conference USL and, Having a player like Tenari, who makes it memorable, also makes it memorable for a team like Battery when they're just like, we couldn't do anything. He was literally breaking up everything. He was on the ground fighting with a player every three minutes. How are we supposed to play around that?
0: We literally need a show just for, like, all of the shithousery that happens and the USL like it'd be like very equivalent to like that podcast spit and chicklets, just locker rooms, just total like ice bucket stories about all these dudes and their, their antics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's such a classic art. Um, you know what I mean? Just, just, I can't give it enough mm-hmm. accolade. Cause I'm like, dude, I just know he's going to do it. And I just have to start accepting it at this point.
1: You get it. If you did something like that, you'd have to devote a lot of time to teams like Loudon and it would be fun. <laughs>
0: Right, right. We don't win a lot, but we get in a lot of shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not going to win a lot, but when we do win, it's because we really know how to shit house this game.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, your last point, I mean, if you if you had anything for it, you were, you were really kind of talking about strikers not getting involved. I mean, I know we kind of, like I said, kind of stir up a little bit. I mean, our best strikers were out there. Um, you know, I mean, how how do we remedy that? I mean, we're, we're coming into two other matches, I mean, Real Monarchs, essentially a team that hasn't had much much success in the win column, but, I mean, we played them the last time, and it was like, no matter what the record is, like, we still went 80 minutes before we did anything against them. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, an El Paso team that just is just relentless. Like, I mean, like, they're going to play you all the way to the very end of time, so, I mean... What do we what do we gotta do? Like what do you think Troy has gotta do? Like what is they didn't they're not gonna have much time. They got like what two or three days to really recover and so they play um so they play monarchs and then from there like another two or three days to really switch up. What what's the what's the winning formula?
1: I don't know. I, I think that we've talked about different striker pairings, I'd like to see that. If Amando Moreno doesn't end up on the Gold Cup roster and sticks around for these next few matches, I would really like to see him drop deeper. I think that when he did that against San Antonio, it helped the attack and helped the build up a little bit more and allowed them to play just a little bit better through the middle of the field. And I'd like to see that done a little bit more frequently. Um, Just so that teams can't bunker as tight in the middle and they have to expand a little bit, um, try and overload those numbers, get an overload into the numbers game into the box, into the midfield sort of area. Um, I think that allows him to get in a little bit better spot. I think that it separates him from his target man a little bit more. But we'll see what they choose to go with. I would like to see more of Sandoval and Moreno specifically together and see what that look looks like too.
0: Wild question for you when we're talking about striker pairings. You know, We've seen all other teams doing this um, and El Paso obviously being successful. When do you think Troy taps into... Um, assistant coach Paul Lease and says, hey, let us get Christian Nava. When when do you think our academy players get some of those first-team minutes? Because El Paso's got Diego Luna, and he is doing well in the league. I mean, he's got team of the week, and he's scored some back-to-back goals. I mean, 17-year-old, and he's, like, really stepping Mm -hmm. up. So do you think that our academy bails
1: us out? if there's a player, I'm not as familiar with the United Academy, but if you, if there's a player who we feel is ready, I think it's time to see what they got. Um, I mean, because those this, players are scoring goals. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing players Granted, throughout USL. I think man. yeah, yeah I mean, Jonathan Gomez scored tonight again for Louisville. I mean, that's, it's becoming more and more common to see USL players from the academies cropping up in these matches and playing well. So, I don't see why not give why not give it a shot. Worst comes to worst, doesn't play well. But you sub them out after forty five minutes. Best case scenario, I mean, though, you just added another first team piece and probably made yourself a little bit of money down the road.
0: And let's give praise to the academy because, like you said, like that's who's like killing it this year. I mean, Tacoma Defiance mm-hmm. looks really good. Uh, yeah. RG, RGV, you know, with who they have, I believe they have one or two. Maybe they have some young players on their team. But looking mm-hmm. good. Um, so it's coming to finance. Um, who else? Um, Jose Gallegos
1: I mean, of San Antonio FC was yes. so dangerous a couple matches ago. Yes, I, he, he great. I, I think that the poster child for it was Jonathan Gomez and Louis FC. I, yes. he's and, just
0: and, yeah another level. Like well, and yeah, and again with switchbacks. I mean, they got, they got plenty of Rapids Academy players. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, plus, plus some first-team folks as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Academy is definitely taking Reckon on first league this year or first team this year for sure. And, yeah, I'm ready to see that. Like, we we shouldn't yeah. – we, if we've signed players that are two-way, we, we need to see them soon, like, is my thought. Yeah. And that's probably a question that we'll start trying to figure out how to filter in to the pressers mm-hmm. is, okay, like – You know, when will we start to see some implementation? Because I I honestly think it's going to be some young legs that are going to get it done.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And this is the way that U.S. soccer is going. The whole landscape of it is going towards finding players in your academy that can perform because that's what is profitable right now in U.S. soccer the 35 year old aging star. I think I pointed out Jose Francisco Torres on the switchbacks roster last night as just being a name I was surprised about because he was on the 2010 us world cup roster and players who are still active from that world cup are not performing well at this point, but players who are 17 years old and looking to sign contracts somewhere in Europe are all the rage right now and are making clubs a lot of money and winning them games. So I think it's time that United joins that sort of parade and that sort of trend as it develops throughout USL and MLS.
0: Final thoughts on the match with switchbacks before we jump to a break.
1: Um, My final thought is just, you know, I, I think that it could have gone a little bit differently with just one more goal. And I'm just a little disappointed it didn't.
0: Yeah, my my final thought really is, I mean, can't wait till they get to Albuquerque. I think that it's going to be vastly like a different uh turnaround. I think as long as the stadium can kind of seem like a uneasy place to play, which I'll be honest, like I think that the stadium has not necessarily um barred that sort of reputation just yet. I think now mm-hmm. with things being uh fully open here soon, right? Like I feel like yeah. You know, or I think, you know, that things are going to be a lot different in the stadium. I think that's where you hope to see, like, not just the supporter section getting loud, but you hope to see just everything getting loud, you know. And, I mean, a lot yeah. of that is real thriving on how well the team's doing. So if slow starts are there, then it's just a bunch of people who are watching the game with their hands in their laps and, you know, and you know, and then just look out for the wave. Cause you know how it goes, man. Like,
2: yeah,
1: you
0: know, the wave is coming one way or the other. It's coming. If we're up by a goal or if we're down by a goal, it just, it, it's going to come.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think so. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I think that getting them in Albuquerque will be great to see just what the comparison is. I think that they're the only team so far we haven't seen at home yet. Right. Or one of the few.
0: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: So, it'll be nice to get them into our home stadium with our fans and see how they handle it, especially in a little bit higher altitude in a place where we might be able to play a little bit more defensively. Uh, I I, I think I have higher hopes for that.
0: Right on. And we'll, we're going to jump to a break right now. Um, The music you're going to hear during the break is by an artist, Cousin Fayo. Check him out. cousinfeo.com, And we'll be right back in just a moment.
1: So truly finding a way
2: of stopping yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. and not thinking, not
1: thinking, not thinking, not not thinking, not not thinking, not
2: thinking, not thinking, not thinking, not thinking, not thinking, not thinking, and not yeah, been a cycle just like the gas mask. Craft tracks like a madman. Keep the honeys happy with the handbags. And stack money like sandbags. I'm good with the numbers but hated math class. Now, I'm only here to get the last laugh. Leave the past in the past, because I'm past that, past that. Take a hit and take a trip to Baghdad. TSA thought I must have been an Afghan. Till I hit him with the Spanish, laughing in my damn tan.
1: I'm in the lab, pen and pad, while they bad grams. Now watch me roll the dice and double off a bad hand. While my pants sag, a man's man, no hashtags. Yeah, I keep it grimy for my rap fans. Smooth is too easy too timely for the damn man. Plus my dude Grimy Red, dot you like Japan's flag.
2: Wow.
0: And we're back. Well, Thomas, getting into uh, the next part of this pod, uh, let's kind of break into a little bit. I, I wanted to kind of talk about uh, United's like overall run of form over the last three matches. I mean, we, we like I said, we got a gist of it here in this, but then also mm-hmm. really talking just real briefly about the, the previous match with Austin as well as the San Antonio match. I mean, overall, how do you think – United is looking right now. I mean, considering, like I said, the next two matches coming up. And then let's get into a preview with uh, Real
1: Monarchs. Let's do it. Yeah, so over the last three matches, we've seen United with one win, one draw, and one loss. And I'd say that probably the run of form is not as good as we'd hope. But it's not horrible either. It's sort of a mixed bag. So I hope to see that improve over the next few matches. But you know, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to get into with how United has played and how they've fared against teams that they're seeing for the second time now.
0: Right on. And so, so jumping a little bit in, um, so obviously one of the teams we're playing is real Monarchs. Um, And, you know, one of the things like I want to, I would touch on is like, um, you know, we talked a little bit about it. So in their first match with the Monarchs, like chance creation was high, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I know you posed the question, like, how are we doing with chance creation? And I, I guess I posed this question going into real Monarchs, you know, we had a lot of opportunity. I mean, do we see cello um, being a, a key piece in that match um, just specifically because of how well um, he was successful in placing balls the first time?
1: I, I think that we do. I think that, starting him would be a no-brainer for this next match I my big concern is how how fast they can get off the jump in this in this instance of this match because last time you know if they left it too late and they were kind of lucky to get that goal from cello I would like to see them get off the jump and score a little bit faster in order to just sort of open the game up because monarchs is a team that's gonna you know they're frustrating to play against so let's let's try and get on the board early and I think is a very important piece to that.
0: What do you think that United's got to do to not play down? One of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast is, like, United plays, like, a very competitive game. And typically, you know, they play up really well, and then they'll play against a team like the Monarchs, who obviously are lacking success, you know, in the win column, if you will. And it is like we play down to the level. It's like nothing is really going for them, and, I mean, you know, I mean, we, we kind of saw it in this match, like this one was polar, and, you know, so coming into this Monarchs team, they're 1-5-3, and three. they're in last place, you know, and really their only win was against Sacramento Republic, you know, a pretty decent team uh, in the Pacific mm. Division. Um, you know, what, what, what would be your concerns, if anything, against a Monarchs team, and, you know, to start with,
1: my, my main concern with United against these sort of worst teams is their pace of play. I, I tend to get frustrated watching them play slow and play methodical and just allow whoever they're playing to dictate the tempo. And a lot of these teams who are who, you know have less talented squads than United want to play a slow game. They want to try for a draw. They want to play defensive. And United sort of seems to be lulled into that trap almost of just playing very slow and methodical and not having a lot of runners, not forcing the issue. And I think that that's a mistake. And I think that trying to keep it higher tempo and run at the defense is a little bit – it's going to lead to more success.
0: Okay. And then um, and then also, like, let's let's also revisit, like, something that's been a theme on this pod is, like, striker pairing. I mean, you know, obviously we could say we want to see Brown and, and Moreno again, and, and more likely that might be – the pairing, but like, I mean, against that particular Monarchs team, like, is there any other pairing you want to see? Like, or, or what do you expect to see? Do you think that Detroit does like the old Sandoval Moreno trick or?
1: I would like to see the Sandoval Moreno trick. I think that that's the best pairing they have. I know. I I have not liked on the super sub role. I've not sort of seen a lot of production there. So let's get him in and try and get him involved early. I I don't know if he's got the legs to go the full 90 at this point in his career, but I think he's still got a lot to add. And so I, I think it makes more sense to use him earlier rather than later. So we'll, we'll see what Troy decides to do, but Sandoval Moreno offers two strikers who play the game very differently and can maybe add some variations that are harder for Monarchs to deal with. Yeah. And then, uh, one of the things I thought would would be
0: an option, but really has never been an option. I think with this team is just like, you know, it's just never been an option to have more than than the twenty two, twenty three players we have on the roster. You know, like some teams are really good about hitting that transfer window and being like, hey, what else is out there? You know what I mean? And and hopefully mm-hmm. either you know picking up someone or or getting some loans and you know and and we don't necessarily have that as a resource, so it's like you know, Mm -hmm. being, being where we're at in the season. I mean, we're not halfway through, obviously we're, we're a little bit past the quarter, but it's like, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm hoping that we've got like some, I hope that, that there are some like chief options here, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, or that some other players get involved. Like, you know, like Bruce, like it's still that sort of player that comes in, and he plays, like, that last power 20 minutes of the match, like, literally, you know. And sometimes he can kind of, you know, cause, like, some things to happen. I mean, we saw him the first time he goes to switchbacks. Like, he came in. He was a little bit of a force. And he was rewarded with that amazing, like, you know, like, upper 90 goal that that we're, we're all still raving about. But,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: but I just feel like we, we got to get more, like, out of that midfield. Like, I mean it's 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 somewhat disappointing to think that you know the players that we have on this roster like sometimes I'm left with is this is it this is what we got you know what i mean like like this division as is as prolific as the teams make it you know what i mean and you know i don't want to i don't want to think that this is the pinnacle this is like the the zenith of like what we can produce But, like, right now it's looking like that. And I'm just, like I said, like, if if it's not Academy and if it's not, like, players like Alex Touche coming in, I mean, you know, I just don't know if we can really expect, like, some, you know, three-goal banger, you know?
1: Here's here's a thought. This is completely out of left field, but I think Tucker Hume is completely unattached to a USL club right now. And he's (laughs) a name that some of you might not remember if you haven't followed USL for a long time but he's played for years at different teams. He's only like 29. He's huge and a great option for a target striker. If you're playing the cross and pray strategy, I mm. imagine he wouldn't be very expensive and would maybe add something to the love roster for pretty cheap. I, I don't know. A player like that kind of appeals to me as a, you know, big target man who does nothing but win headers.
0: I, right, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Like, I, I think that, we need to explore going to the market. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, we, we're we not a very flashy team. Like, we know that. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's through the middle. Um,
1: yeah. You know, look,
0: look, looking at it, like, objectively, you know what I mean? Like, non-biased. It's like, okay, well, it's we're that sort of team that is, like, through the middle, and you know, we're able to, like, you know, get some key wins, you know, or hope that other teams kind of slow down. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, we're we're going against a real Monarchs team that it's one three and one in the last five? Like they have mm-hmm. a, you know, they they drew their last match, and it's like okay, so that's what we got, you know. Like they're not mm-hmm. necessarily on any sort of a run, right? Right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, as it as it may, uh, they're playing San Antonio right now, and they're actually up one nil to San Antonio. Oh,
1: hey, I mean, if, if they find form. I I, I think it'll be a much harder match, but maybe it makes them a little bit less desperate for the three points. So it could play in our favor that they're finally breaking out of that slump they've been in.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. Well, Douglas Martinez, I think gets the goal uh, in the 39th minute. um, And they're already subs or they were sub, they subbed or San Antonio uh, subbed in, or subbed out Schuberg for Varela in the 45th, and they had another sub in the 57th minute too. So there, there's already some movement going on there. That game is being played at Zions Bank Stadium as we're as we're mm-hmm. podcasting right now. Currently in the 66th minute, so uh, you know Monarchs playing a pretty difficult San Antonio team, and you know so far looking good against them. They can if they can hold out that store that score line.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got some players on that roster. So, but I, I I think that they're playing a little bit under their potential right now. And they Bob mob has them in a four, two, three, one, which is not a defensive formation. It's a formation that seems like they're going to go after the game. So right. Getting, getting them out of their getting them. I want to see United play more open matches. I, I think they thrive when they can run at tired legs and run at defenses that have lots of gaps and we haven't seen that a lot over the last few games so being able to draw them out and sort of play an open game would be my ideal situation to try and pick up a win
0: yeah and i'm just kind of reviewing like some of their like their goals it's let's see monarchs have scored 3 looks like 3 5 so five goals 6 7 and now this is 8 so that seem like they're averaging probably about one goal a game. I mean, that's kind of the mm-hmm. story of most most of the teams, right? But you know, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what they're looking at. I mean, the first time they played San Antonio like it was a 2-2 draw, right? So, I mean, Yeah. They I mean, obviously figuring it out.
1: Yeah, they they're still going to figure it out we we see these academy teams struggle at times because their priorities are not necessarily the same as the rest of USL. They're trying to develop players for their first team. So, right. At times they're going to struggle because they're experimenting with something. Or, you know, a player gets hurt on the MLS team and they have to call up a player to replace them. So, I it's it's always you never know what you're going to get out of the academy teams, whether they're going to show up, whether they're going to throw out a completely wild roster because RSL needed extra players for their bench. So right. it, it's a bit of an unknown, but they, they have the players They're I mean, if they're scoring about one goal a game, you can expect them to put up a fight. So United's only yeah. been scoring about one goal a game. I looked at their stats last night. They've only put in nine goals or very, very few more than that. They're, they're putting in about nine, 10 goals total this year. And right. no one scored more than two. So, right, I, I see that as a pretty big problem for United going forward. That they don't have the guy, and we're scoring about the same rate as Monarchs, so that has to improve.
0: Yeah, and we we might do some things a little bit better than than Monarchs. I mean, looking kind of like at some team stats for them, just kind of jumping into some of that now being on the USL site. Like, I mean, tackles they're about 66%, but I feel like that's about most teams. But like duels and aerial duels, they're like in the in the sort of mid-ranging, like 40% as far as success. That might be because of their personnel, if you think about it, because they have a very young mm-hmm. team. They have a lot of like young players. And I feel like we probably do have some height advantage on that team, um, just mm-hmm. with Illich Sandoval, you know, being there, Brown, you know, being a player. And then of course... You know your back line we have some height and that was something that we definitely struggled with probably through the first couple of seasons as a team so they mm-hmm. definitely addressed that because i mean when you don't when you can't win a lot of duels or when you don't have that as an option like you have to do other things right i mean that's where you know that's where you have to rely like on the press or you know on on things to cause like other teams to like just give it away now Looking kind of at their distribution, like, pass wise, like seventy nine percent. So like they're they're pretty accurate, and I guess you can kind of get that because like you know they do have a lot of dudes that like practice with the first team. They got that pretty tight system, like
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know. So so I mean, there's not much disparity between like their the two team right and the first team, like and mm-hmm. and and what what they produce um, looks like. Passing accuracy in their own half, obviously, 88%, 68% in, in like, the opponent's area. And um, and then I think uh, – and then everything else is, like, okay, like, total shots excluding blocks, 67, shots on target, 29, goals scored seven, right? So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of, like, some of the, the full numbers on this team.
1: Um, how, how, how do you feel about saying that they're a team that's in a state of transition?
2: And I feel that good about might it be
1: causing some issues. I feel, I uh, feel, because yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the first team of RSL right now. David Ochoa is the starting keeper. Aaron Herrera right. is their starting right back. Justin Glad is the starting center back. All three of those guys are like 20 years old. Maybe like right. they're, they're, they're pulling a lot of youth out of their second team and throwing them straight into the fire. So I I feel like they're a team that might have some defensive issues caused by new faces.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like they're, you know, the minute that Ibrahim Bontz is like doing well for like real Monarchs, he's going up. Right. Because they, they sign like Monarchs sign players that like have definitely like some, some youth that have some like legs to them. Right. They have some experience internationally. So certainly you know they're grooming them right and they're you know the minute Mm -hmm. that they do well like they're going up i mean this was a team if you think about it that didn't play many preseason games because everyone was practicing was you know with the first team and they were Mm -hmm. trying to figure out who they were going to take and you know and and yeah i feel like transition is the right word i mean when i had um when I had Landon Southwick on the podcast, you know, for the preseason preview, I mean, he pretty much said that, you know, he said that, you know, they're Mm. in transition, they're building like, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. they could be threatening at some point. I mean, obviously they're showing that, you know, so,
2: um,
0: I, if I had to really kind of think about like how I thought that game was going to go, um, I mean, United hasn't, like, I'm still kind of thinking about like how United's playing. Like, I feel like, a 1-1 one, a one goal like difference of a of the win is probably still relevant. It, like I would probably like feel like I'd predict like a 2-1 win in that match if anything.
1: Yeah, I, I think a 2-1 win feels right. I wouldn't be shocked with a 1-1 draw though.
0: Okay. Okay. I, do, you, yeah. do you do you feel like do you feel like the goal for United comes early in the match and then there's just a stretch of defense and then and then somewhere uh, fatigue wears in and we just give one up or do you think both goals are coming like in the, in the last part of the match? Like it's just like a scoreless first half
1: based on the form that United's in. I say both goals after the 65th minute. Um, I I would like to say United jumps out early, gets a goal and immediately runs away with it. Two, three, one. But given how we've seen them play now against switchbacks and San Antonio and bold, I, I just, I don't see that being realistic.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, So I figured we would talk a little bit about El Paso since we won't pot again until like after uh, both of these matches have been played. Kind of switching over to El Paso. Currently still, um, they have not lost a game. They're uh, 4-0-3, right? So, you know, three draws. Mm -hmm. Um, They haven't lost a game. They've been very impressive. I mean, this is a, a team that obviously has been in the finals two years in a row. And, I mean, they're obviously still playing, like, their style of football. Um, I mean, I guess kind of thinking about it, like, what what concerns off the top do you have about El Paso? Um, You know, just, just seeing them. I mean, I haven't watched all of their matches to this point. I'm sure after this podcast, I will essentially go in and watch their last match over Real Monarchs, if you will, just to kind of really look at how that match looked like.
1: Yeah, I mean, very much my concern right now is just they're a dangerous team. They've, they've scored, let's see, they don't score many goals, but they, they've only conceded three goals this whole year. That's insane. They've played a lot less matches than the rest of the teams in our division right now, but right. that's that's still three goals in seven games. is That's less than a goal every two games. That's really well, that's great. Especially given United's trouble breaking down defenses, a team that's right. in that run of form is intimidating to play against.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, in you know, we saw the first time. I mean, you know, we almost had a clean sheet, and then we conceded one, like, literally, like, in the final seconds. And El Paso is that sort of team that if they're down 1-0, like, you know, like, you know that there's, they have that sort of, they have their own version of like a Michael Jordan, right? Like a clutch player. Or I guess you could even say like a Devin Booker as I'm, as I, as I'm looking at the the Clippers game now and my team was down by three points. Um, Damn it. Anyway, so like, (laughs) I mean, like clutch, right? Clutch is what I'm saying. Like El Paso being down ever in a match, like, like they're very clutch. And, you know, I mean, we know that that's concerning, but I mean, how can, how can United get like the front foot on
1: them? I mean, I, I would like to see danger from set pieces just to try and disorganize them early, but I, I'm going to watch a few more games to see how they play a little more. Uh, that's my initial impression is if a team's playing that well, try and get them out of shape, get them disorganized early. So you have a chance, but Anything you can do to open the game up and make it not be a defensive slugfest is going to benefit you in the long run against a team like that. The earlier you score, the better belief you have that you can win the game. And a team who's playing as hot as they are is going to have the pressure on them to keep being hot. So take the game to them, try and disorganize them, score on a quick set piece, maybe try and get a goal off a counter in the first 25 minutes, and do, just just get the game going fast. Not United' yeah. strong suit, but...
0: Right. Yeah, they definitely have a tall task with how Paso plays. I mean, you know, you could expect, like, United to press them off the bat. Like, that's just something that is built in, you know. And, I mean, for the most part, you got to also keep in, in mind, it's the El Camino del Real, like, right, the, the rivalry match. It's the derby, you know. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, like players are going to play good. I mean, you know, we were, what, two two matches in when we played them the first time, and teams definitely didn't have any particular form, but they played up to that match because yeah, it was a rivalry match. So it's like you have to almost factor that in, that it's going to be really grimy, you know, in that first half.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't expect it to be, like, a really well-played first half I expected to be, you know, a rivalry slugfest. And those are always, you know, chaotic affairs. So getting out and like being comfortable in that situation is, is going to be really important.
0: Yeah. And I mean, uh, kind of looking at some of their stats, um, I pulling it up here on, on the USL, but like Diego Luna, two goals uh, Macaulay King, also two goals. So, I mean, they've got six players on their stat board, obviously, that have that have scored goals uh, for them, you know. So, definitely a lot of activity there. And, I mean, uh, let's see, going to, like, shots. I mean, like, they've got a lot of players that are taking shots. I mean, that sounds like a vague comment. But, I mean, like, Aaron Gomez with 12 shots, like, Louis Solognac with ten, Nick Ross with ten, Luna with seven. I mean, like I said, mm-hmm. like like there's some activity along the lines, like all throughout the fact. I mean, you know, like chance creations, like they they've got several chances. Like there's so many things going on with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then again, just just to reiterate their last five, I mean, three three oh and two. You know, they, they won their last one. So it's like 2-1 over Monarch. So you just, you you hope that United can go in there and that they can get that first score because it is a matter of who scores first in this one.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is for sure. Um, just looking at their last match against Monarchs, 12 shots, but 11 of them are inside the box with 12 chances created. They're dangerous. Like they're, they're going to play they're going to try and get into the box and get their looks. And so getting out early and forcing them to chase the game is going to play in United's favor.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, So I guess now just kind of chopping it up a little bit, uh, you know, obviously that's going to be the third final match. You know, you hope that everything goes well with the Monarchs match so that they can play, uh, El Paso because it really it's really just going to be like a very slim stretch of time mm-hmm. between that match. So if things are just terribly wrong Wednesday, I mean, you know, Saturday, you, know, you hope that again that they can just recover and turn it around. Uh, what what would kind of be your prediction for the El Paso match? Um, do you think it's going to be like? Do you think we could pull a result against them? Do you think that it's like? You know, are you feeling like there's a, a tie or a win there? Or do you think that it's potential like L and that's just the way it is because of the form we're at? I mean, you know, I, the, I, non, I think, the non-Homer prediction?
1: <laughs> I, I think that something's got to give at some point for El Paso. So, and it's coming, their first loss is coming sooner rather than later. I don't think it's unrealistic for a United team who's played a bunch of matches in a road altitude to be able to drop down to a lower altitude in El Paso and really take the game to them, I don't know if that's enough to get the win, but I think this is enough to make them sweat. So,
0: yeah, well, in El Paso, will be rested for twelve days. So, I mean, does that long period of time like cause them to be a little shaky, or does that rest period like give them like the upper edge? I mean, you you kind of wonder.
1: Yeah, you got. There's two ways it can play out. I mean, either El Paso is going to be rested and just look great after so much time off, or, and on that same note, you know, a United team that's been on the road for a while, who's played a lot of matches back to back, is going to start to tire at some point, and that's going to play a factor. But at the same time, a United team who's playing a match every single every three days for two weeks now, coming into a team who has not played a competitive match in a few weeks. Is going to have better match fitness, we hope, and so that can actually work in their favor. I don't know who's going to benefit. I don't know, you know. That's why they play the game. But I could see United's long stretch of games being a benefit to them in this situation.
0: Uh, do you think? Do you think that Tanari, Tanari's antics are in this match? We know that Yuma is really good about his own version of shit Um and I know that, like, Rivas and, and Yuma have definitely had a little little go at it. But who do you think is going to be, like, who do you think is going to have or throw the most attention out there? Like, where is the shithousery coming for from, from each squad?
1: I, I think, you know, I, I think that Tanari is a good shout. I think that the way he's played the last few matches is perfect for a rivalry match. Rivas getting into it. I, I would like to see Moreno get involved a little bit more some dives in and around the box some pressuring of the referee to maybe give you a decision that goes your way um that would be sort of my top three as the players just watch especially amando moreno at some point's got to show that he can do the shit housing thing if he wants to play for el salvador
2: right right
1: that's that's, that's all they do
0: <laughs> yeah 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 that's, so, that's let, a good
1: let, let's see that happen i i don't know if it comes i a player like diego luna who's as dangerous as he is, he is, is got to be pretty good Shithouser. So, and he's young, probably still learning it a little bit. So maybe not the best houser on their roster, but I can see him, you know, going down easily and looking to create dangerous, or create difficult decisions for the referee. So...
0: All right, I, so, let get, yeah. so, let, so let me get your final, let me get your, your prediction on this match then.
1: I'm actually going to go Two one United on a ninety-third minute winner.
0: Ooh, okay, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. Um man, I feel like we're gonna spoil it for them. Um I feel I like that too. I feel like that because I mean every time you're touting that you're still unbeaten and then you have this match coming up. I mean, look, they're they're arrested for 12, 12 days. Like I feel like United comes in, they're still feeling good. And they're like, let's just go ahead and steal this. I think they do. I mean, I think I think that it's a it's a two nil. I'm gonna say two nil, and that's Ooh. obviously very very um, what what's the word lofty? Because you know we know that when we're up a goal on them, like they creep around, you know. So, but I feel good with mm. the two nil. You know, I think that Suggs has something to do with the goal. I'm not sure that he's that I'm tapping him to get his third one in a, in a row. But I think that he has something to do with one of those goals. And I think mm-hmm. that, that that's going to be a difference maker. Um, so final thoughts. Any final thoughts you got, you know, about everything we've talked on this pod um, or even anything that you could foresee coming up in the near future?
1: I, my final thought is just, you know, we've we've seen some mixed play from United. Hopefully we see improvements against Monarchs and we take that into a really important match against El Paso and take the game to them. So we'll see if that plays out.
0: Right on. Yeah. My final thought really, man, is just going to be like, you know, hopefully they, you know, they, they get a little rest. Like they address some things, you know, in this upcoming couple of days of training and you know that they just got to hunker in. I mean, they said it, you know, in the presser, they said, Hey, if anyone knows three straight matches on the road, it's us. And it's like, okay, yes, you do know that. Um, so far, you know, we've got one L out of out of three. So now we, we need to know need to know that. Like, we need we need to get these other six points at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, more than th- four points out of three games is going to be important.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Um, well, let's see here. Last bit of business, Thomas. If folks where can folks find you on the internet? If they want to obviously see more about what you're talking about soccer wise or anything else even.
1: Yeah. So check me out at soccer nerd 73. The underscores between the different words there on Twitter. That's sort of my soccer account where I talk all things, us soccer and New Mexico United soccer. If you want to catch out my other, I talk us soccer as well on another podcast. Um, Yanks go talking is my us men's national team focused podcast. Uh, that's been sort of a new development for me. I've enjoyed doing that as well. So check that's, me out yeah. there. tend to do a lot of soccer.
0: Right on, right on. You can find me at By Chris Walker on Twitter, um, you know, where you can get, you know, any of my musings there, uh, as well as Instagram too, if you just, like, are kind of interested in maybe, like, food or different things like that or uh, little little chotskis or – chotskis? No, no, that's not right. That's not right. Chotskis, like little – pop toys or little things that I like to collect and that kind of stuff. So if you're into that, if you want to check that out, you want your kind of, you know, you're past the X's and O's at this point, then check that out. Um, check out seek and strike collective.com. It's where we have our writings. It's where you can find uh, Thomas article, uh, red or greens, where you can find uh, me and Josh Kaskinen's article, the, the Daisy cutter, you can find uh, sombrero man's uh, match previews under the sombrero. So Check it out there, seekandstrikecollective.com. Obviously, you've been listening to another episode of We Are Seek and Strike podcast for Thomas and myself, Chris Walker. We're out of here. Go United, two matches in a row. We'll see you back uh, after the El Paso match. Let's hope that it goes the way we are thinking. We'll see you.
1: Talk to you later, guys.
0: You've been listening to We Are Seek and Strike podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more USL related podcasts and written content at bgn.fm. To never miss new content, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Seek and Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.